0: To episode number three we hope we have not scared you off yet if you're here I, I guess we haven't I don't think time. we have
1: yes yes <laughs> we, we haven't been too too crazy yet so I think yes, we're good yet
2: there's shout time. out to everyone we have bullied into listening so far <laughs> absolutely <laughs> we have I've been pleasantly surprised
0: by the um reaction from people um a lot of people I didn't think would listen did and and wrote me and said hey y'all did a good job and that sort of thing so that makes me happy um shout out to I want to um once again shout out our theme music maker revenge body aka Jacques um thank you Jacques
1: yes
0: um he made longer versions of the theme so if you are super into this theme and who isn't you can go to his band camp and buy those versions so those are really cool and also, shout, shout out to our producer, Derek yeah. Russell, for being um, kind enough to let us borrow his Zoom yes. um, and <laughs> to edit this because we need editing. <laughs> Y'all don't
2: even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, Medicator, just want yes. to do a shout
0: out to those two guys who are helping us uh, fuel our podcast dreams.
2: I have a news update before we begin. In our first episode, I mentioned Anthony Soul in Cleveland, um, who is a serial killer who killed sex workers, um, those suffering from addiction, et cetera, et cetera. Real big piece of shit. He is dead. Hooray. Bye. Yes. Ah, Felicia.
0: Um, not apparently, sad at
2: all. not sad. Nope. Um, didn't bother to look at how old he was. Don't care. Lived too long. Um, yeah. he apparently had been put into hospice or end of life care in January and then passed away at some point last week. So, au revoir. Au revoir <laughs> goodbye. I he- will
1: not see you on the other side. <laughs> no, not exactly. at all.
0: Not at all. And I'm sorry, he had a much, um, less painful death than what he gave to those ladies
2: so they did not find his body in a basement under a bunch of garbage yeah i have nothing
0: for him yeah nope so goodbye um (laughs) (laughs) all right i think that's the only
1: news we have this time around
0: no corrections or anything just yet right
1: No, Not not to my knowledge, no. Okay, yeah, not yet. Thank God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this episode, we're talking about Mississippi mysteries, Um, stories that are from the Magnolia State that deal with either maybe the mysterious circumstances of someone's death or maybe, you know, what the true story was, that sort of thing. Um, I believe y'all said I have to go first. Yes. Yes. You have not gotten to go first. Yes. All right, so I'm going to talk about a grave that I found last summer, thanks to my mom. My mother um, loves to, when she's not busy at work, she'll just Google cemeteries and murders and all this kind of stuff, because again, um, that's where I get this from. Love it. (laughs) And she's like, hey, I found out about this guy whose grave is on the side of the road between New Albany and Ripley, Mississippi. She's like, let's just go find it and we're in a pandemic there's nothing else to do so we hopped in a car went to get um barbecue to go and (laughs) then we went to find frank the frenchman um so my story is about the frenchman's grave before we get to the frenchman i want to talk about an interesting character who has something to do with the story but he's not at all the central character i just the more i learned about him the more interesting he seemed to me so i'm gonna just Throw him in there, a little sprinkling of Colonel Faulkner, and then we're going to move on to Frank. I love a sprinkling of Colonel. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I said the word. Or you heard me say Faulkner, right? And of course, when you hear the word Faulkner and you think about Mississippi, you think of the author, right? And you this is Will- <laughs> <Yeah>, you should. <laughs> um, this is a William Faulkner, but it's not the right the. Author we know William love. Faulkner oh, yes. right, but this is another William Faulkner who did write. This was his great grandfather. Oh, so Colonel William Faulkner spelled like the William Faulkner you know and love, just without the U. Um, lived from 1825 to 1889 he was a soldier lawyer politician and an author in north mississippi and he influenced his great-grandson hold on a second hold on a second what what did you say his dates were again 1825 to 1889 so he was one of those colonels yes oh okay yes (laughs) yes <laughs> did, did i say 1989 don't know no i, I just I, had to like put
1: it in my head i thought i, like, I oh. thought i heard 1885 to 18 whatever his death was so i was just double checking yeah he was this a four-year-old,
2: four-year-old <laughs> colonel
1: no,
0: i didn't know this out Derek. I'm- <laughs> No, 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 no. We're gonna leave it in. It's great. Um, Sorry. I just like to imagine a little four-year-old um, being like, "Mom, the Yankees are at it again. Like, you know, <laughs> they keep I don't know. burning
2: down Atlanta. <laughs> Where <How dare> they?
0: <laughs> they, they want human rights. Why? Well, because they're good people. You <laughs> exactly. Terrible four-year-old. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, and this whole part about. Colonel Faulkner is in the 1800s. He's 1825 to 1889. Uh, He lived in sort of the Pontotoc-Ripley area of North Mississippi. If you don't know that, that's fine. No one knows where Pontotoc or Ripley is, really. If you know where Tupelo is, and a lot of people do because of Elvis, it's basically, this is going north, and it's all one county over, basically, um, over toward the west. So he served colonel faulkner served as the first lieutenant in the second regiment of the mississippi volunteers in the mexican-american war and then of course he fought on the confederate side in the civil war Boo! Um, (laughs) after the war he was active in rebuilding north mississippi and he founded the ship island ripley and kentucky railroad company so good for him but Also, he wrote a lot. He wrote poems, novels, a travelogue, and at least one play. His most famous work was a novel called The White Rose of Memphis, published in 1881. It was a murder mystery set on the steamboat of the same name, and it was actually really popular. It was reprinted several times throughout the 20th century. I kind of want to read it, and I feel bad saying that. I shouldn't want to read something written by a Confederate colonel, but... It's a we read major- things written by bad people all the time. It's just. I mean, my favorite show is Buffy and that was created by a bad person. So. <laughs> um, Life so- comes at us fast. Yes, it, it does. does. Yes. All right. So Colonel William Faulkner's oldest child was John Wesley Thompson Faulkner, who is the father of Murray Cuthbert Faulkner and Murray's oldest child was William Faulkner. So <laughs> that's the lineage. Got it. Got it apparently our William Faulkner that we know and love. And I say we know and love, like we, I mean, we used to go hang out at, at Rowan Oak and we've been to his grave. So I feel like I know him.
2: Um, A rose for Emily is still uh, my favorite
0: short story ever. It's my favorite thing he wrote because some of that other stuff was.
1: I don't know. As I lay dying, man, that was nuts. I loved as I lay dying. And then what was the one I
0: don't, remember the name of it I probably do but it, there were so many I just remember there being a lot of talk of cycles and wheels and menstrual cycles and all this and I was like dude chill yeah. we get it you're <laughs> saying that everything is cyclical like we you have like pounded this into our brains with your paragraph long sentences we get this yes. um, whatever book that was I remember reading that kind of hate all it. right
1: whose phone isn't on mute i'm turning it off (laughs) that's someone's popular i can't hannah um
0: okay so he apparently when faulkner was a child he said i want to be a writer like my great granddaddy Hmm. did he really say that i don't know but it's a cute phrase on november 5th 1889 colonel faulkner who was about 64 at the time was shot by richard jackson thurman a former business partner and they think that the motive for the shooting goes back to a grudge that started when they had a business together faulkner had just been elected to serve in the mississippi legislature and he died the next day so that's just a a fun little true crime story Um, about someone getting shot and killed before I tell you another fun little true crime story about someone getting shot and killed.
1: So... (laughs) Keeping it on theme, Sheena. (laughs) I do my best. So, as
0: I say... Colonel Faulkner, let's let's go back just a tiny bit. Colonel Faulkner did own that railroad line, and he was building this railroad line to go between um, Ripley and Pontotoc, which that would be north to south. But if you want to say it's going from Pontotoc to Ripley, that's south to north. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they were building, and if you go out there, like this railroad is just—it's on the side of Highway 15. You can't miss it legend has it that uh, he used convict labor to build this railroad and local legend has it that 375 convicts leased to his railroad by the state of mississippi died of mistreatment and by the hands of trigger happy guards it's believed that their bodies lie in these unmarked graves all along the railroad because the theory was if you misbehaved whatever they would just shoot you and they would bury you right where you died but this one the guy that i'm talking about today he is not unmarked he he actually has a marker um it's not a great one and and so much of the story is legend so if this is all 100% made up sorry but it's a good story and it is you can go see it because i went um so the exception of the rule here is the frenchman's grave and it's on the on the side of highway 15 it's about five and a half miles north of new albany i did clock that that is a a, an actual it was about six miles up from new albany
2: this is science people we're doing science
0: (laughs) yeah i looked at my little counter on my car Um, (laughs) odometer honey it's called an odometer whatever (laughs) whatever I don't know i don't know what most things are called in a car i just know that one thing you press with your foot is gas and the other things a brake. that's not that all i know <laughs> <laughs> i promise y'all i'm smart um <laughs> for many years the only marker on the side of uh the grave was a four-sided wooden picket fence and a guy named jd wall built that but um the owners of the actual railroad have taken care of this grave through all the years. And uh, the picket fence was replaced with a like a steel sort of enclosure. Um, and then in 2010, they added some lattice work and a sign. And a man named Tommy Covington did that. So here's the story of the guy that's buried there. The legend is a Frenchman was visiting Mississippi. Why? When God bless was- you arrested convicted and sentenced to railroad labor for a crime he did not commit his defense was hampered by his inability to speak english um the story that i heard too was that he um was convicted for grand larceny so i i don't know what he stole but like
2: there was anything worth stealing in mississippi at that time
0: (laughs) right right um all of this, by the way, is taking place in 1886. I meant to well, say there's that there's definitely earlier.
2: nothing worth stealing in 1886. Definitely Maybe a, not a pig or a chicken.
0: That's exactly yeah. That was literally my thought. Was I just wonder if he stole a horse because that's the equivalent <laughs> of in right. those, they, grand you know, larceny? Are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Either way, so. He is in Mississippi. He supposedly create, you know, commits a crime. We don't really know for sure. He can't speak English, so he can't defend himself well. And so he's in jail, but then they pull him out to do this railroad railroad labor. At some point, he receives a letter from France saying that his wife was sick and about to die. He wants to see her. So one day they're out there working on the railroad, and he's like, You know, uh uh-uh. uh, I want to go back home. And he takes off running. And the trigger happy guards did their job and they shot him and killed him. So um, the body that is buried in the Frenchman's grave cannot be completely identified. Um, for certainty. But the state of Mississippi penitentiary record number 547 gives us the best clue. And y'all, this is my favorite foreign name I've ever heard. Subject, Frank Smith, born in France, was sentenced in Warren County for a term of three years for grand larceny. How many Frenchmen do you know with the name Frank Smith? I have questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm guessing that Let's be real. Mississippi is a racist place. It is now. It was then. I think they took anyone who was not American. I mm-hmm. mean, which, which that in itself is a problematic term, I feel like. And, and just did whatever with them because who cares? They're, in, in their words, probably an illegal alien or they're, Right. a foreigner um, and I think they put down the name that was probably closest the closest
2: right. yeah it was probably Francois something
0: yes that's my thought exactly um, but I don't know now this is what I read further and this makes no sense to me as I said the way I've always understood it was he was shot and killed right there on the side of the railroad basically and they just buried him right there but i also found he was shot july 14th 1886 trying to escape the railroad construction crew and died july 31st Hmm. exactly like what y'all didn't see because you're a podcast
2: (laughs) we We all made a face and (laughs) hannah's
0: heads turned like puppies you know (laughs) and they don't understand so that's one thing is i'm like okay if this guy died basically at the end of the month and he was shot mid-month why would you take him back out there and and bury him that makes no sense right and there are no um dates or anything like that on his grave like when you go there there is literally like the lattice work and it says frenchman's grave that's it it doesn't even say frank smith right um but it does list his death as July 31st of 1886. But again, I, d- I don't know. And that bothers me. I'm like, why? No. Like, why would you take him back there? Well, and two,
2: and because he might not have even been from France. May not have been. We don't know where the hell he came from. He just wasn't speaking no,
0: English. That's exactly right. And my other question, too, is okay. You get a letter from your wife saying she. How did it get to him in jail? How that too, that too, yeah. and <laughs> and y'all, when you go out there to find his this grave, it is the flattest land. It almost looks like the delta. Like it is so flat, you can see for miles. Why wow. would you run away when you you're gonna be seen,
2: right? Well, that's why Parchman's built the way Parchman's built is because they can see you running and they're yeah. like. We can mm-hmm. see you run away for a week. Go ahead. Yeah, that was <laughs> no.
0: what I was thinking. I'm like, why would you knowingly, if they had killed all these other people and they're all buried on the side of the road, you know, you're not going to make it to where you can get away and get to France. It, right. it literally makes no sense. I mean, unless you're just that desperate. There's so many things about this
1: story that bother me. Yeah, this is a very and Mississippi he's, story. right? He, he's, <laughs> well, it, well here's my thing okay so he gets this letter yes but who knows how long it took to get to him i mean this is the 1880s right So my she, guess I mean is about maybe two months she was probably already dead if she was yeah. on her deathbed so mm-hmm. and how long would it take him to get back to france there was no way he would make it back in time and so why would he leave why would he even anyway yeah
0: I mean, that I have so many questions. Why did he leave France to begin with? Why right. did he commit a crime?
2: Or did he, a, I mean, even if he or did, did, you know.
0: And then why does he decide to take off? Why that moment? Why that day? I mean, the only thing I can figure out is this was mid-July in Mississippi. Maybe he was like, oh, I'm tired of yeah. standing out here. And I'm, I guarantee you they
2: were not getting Gatorade breaks.
0: Not at all not at all so I just wonder if it's was some of it was you know I'm, I'm tired of this I'm 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 out of here
1: right too
0: yeah I I don't know exactly what cities were formed when like I know Pontotoc was established in like the 1830s I figure New Albany is the same way I figure Ripley's sort of the same way but you're five and a half miles out of New Albany which is right. the next nearest town you're really gonna run five and a half miles back to New Albany, really? And I mean, or to
2: whatever the next city right. is. Right. And North Mississippi is not hospitable land. You're gonna get snake no. bit. You're gonna get mosquito no. bit.
0: I mean, and and then you just have the racists. Yeah. And and as right. a Mississippian, I know not everyone from Mississippi is racist, but you can't tell me that a man who doesn't speak English. Would have been welcomed with open arms in Northeast mm-hmm. Mississippi. I just, I, I could see someone shooting him. Sure,
2: yeah, but absolutely. But
0: I'm, I'm curious about his intentions, what he really wanted, what, what he was trying to do,
1: and why. And crap, is mean. Is he even really there? Well, and then right. what? Maybe. What if he wasn't running? You know, th- you yeah. know, maybe they were trying to yeah. prove a point. And they yes. just shot him for no reason other than yeah. he was
2: He was there. there.
1: Yeah. Or so.
0: because I could easily see them trying to say he did something wrong um, to cover it up. Right. Like if they were just trying to prove a point, they could have done that. Or if, I mean, because I was thinking too, I'm like, what if he did something else? What if he started a fight with another guy? And they were like, dude, shut up, pow. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just everything about this story is so odd to me. Like I'm shocked that people have maintained this grave all these years. Yeah. Honestly. It's weird because actually Mississippi does have like very strict laws about um you can't desecrate graves in cemeteries. That's great. I I, I believe you should do that. I'm just kind of shocked that people have cared enough over the years for this one guy. Why do we care about this one guy and not the other ones that were shot along the way? And then that makes me wonder, how many bodies do we have between Pontotoc and Ripley? Like, that's a good stretch of land. Yeah. I just, I have a lot of questions. i a to say haunted ass railroad right there. It's got to be. It's got to be. It, It was spooky going out there because... this part of highway 15 is, is a four lane now. So we pulled off, there's like a little turn down a little road that crosses the railroad tracks that, Oh, it looked like you didn't want to go down through there, but that's where I pulled off. And um, I mean, this was in August when me and my mom went, so it was hot and you know, there's glass on the side of the road. There's bugs. It did look very snaky and I was like, come on, mama, let's go. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay in the car. You can go look. <laughs> and um, Yeah, it was a little weird because, I mean, it's just flat land. Nothing to see for miles around. It's very weird. But if you do want to go see it, it is five and a half miles north <laughs> of New Albany. <laughs> go to Westside Barbecue. Get you some of that caramel cake or caramel pie or chocolate pie. And... Or oh, or go to George's. Oh, I love George's too. They have a really good butter shot, butterscotch milkshake. Stop
1: making me hungry. This is
0: why I'm fat. This
1: is why, <laughs> um,
0: this is why I also go to New Albany to eat. Either way, um, yeah, go get you something good. Not during a pandemic because we all need to stay inside. We need to be indoor kittens. But um, but yeah, go see Frank the Frenchman because if he's really there, I mean, I you know kind of wish we had more information. You know, I just I feel sorry yeah. for this guy. He's basically nameless right. in Mississippi, so mm-hmm. that's
2: my story. Wow. Good job, Sheena. I like Thank that. You, Lori. That's, yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah,
2: and it's also just like it's so fucking Mississippi.
0: <laughs> it's, it's just like, so Mississippi.
2: We don't know. Uh, he came here. He was speaking something. We don't know, so we shot him. <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, but I also wonder at the time too. And I swear, I'm almost done. No, you're good. I there couldn't have been that many foreigners i mean there could have been that many foreigners foreigners does not sound good
2: <laughs> i know what you're saying yeah we know like, Now, what is what was the year on this again this was 1886 so, so like i mean is reconstruction,
0: reconstruction era. era yeah reconstruction era and then i mean with all the stones that I've seen in all the cemeteries I've been to and all of the different stones I've cleaned all of this I do see so many people from so many other countries right so maybe they did know or maybe they did have a lot of people who did you know who were from other countries but I I don't know how they were treated that is um, some research I should do sometime
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking is that might have been like, you know, the the rumor around Europe might have been like, hey, you know, the there's land in the south, there's minerals, there's, you know, whatever, go out and seek your for and a lot of immigrants did in that time period and a lot of them went north, you know, for the more industrial cities, but a lot of them could have come south because they wanted a farm. And a lot were probably
0: passing through on the way to the West if they were doing any kind of right. gold digging.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was prime gold rush time. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's all my speculation.
0: Talk <laughs> about a string of bad luck. Yes. It's just wild. And then I thought it was wild too that as I said, I was like, oh, this William Faulkner guy built this railroad. Okay, great. Well, who is he? And then I'm like, oh, William Faulkner's great granddaddy. Oh, he was murdered too. Oh. <laughs> murder on top of murder okay
2: um hannah (laughs) speaking of murder (laughs) (laughs) yes speaking of murder y'all know i'm always good for one as we've discussed okay so just to kind of a little bit of a content warning going into this this is a little gruesome um so i'm just gonna just let you know. It's a little icky, but I don't get graphic. So, and the thing is, is we don't know a lot of the details. So there's nothing to be graphic about. Um, and this does involve a sex worker. Um, again, I'm going to say sex worker, not, you know, any of the other wonderful words that are out there for it. Um, she was a dancer, um, in a gentleman's club. So, uh, that falls under the sex worker category, but I'm going to refer to her as a dancer because she was a dancer. Um, and we're, a, I had a big, gigantic Facebook rant earlier in the week about uh, pro sex work and how most uh, laws regarding uh, solicitation and prostitution just endanger sex workers. So if you're a sex worker listening to this, just know that we support you. Um, And so I'm going to tell you this story. So, you know, Cemetery Row is about cemeteries. But what happens when your grave isn't in a cemetery or isn't even a grave at all? In the summer of 2012, uh, dismembered human remains washed up along the beaches of the Mississippi Gulf Coast, stretching from Bay St. Louis to Long Beach. Um, The Mississippi Gulf Coast is the area of Mississippi that I lived in. Um, my lovely girls are in the Northlands and I was down in the Southlands, um, where we are known as coast trash.
0: I was waiting on um, you to say it. I didn't really say it.
2: <laughs> so for non-Mississippians who don't know why you would call a segment of your population trash, let me explain a thing about Mississippi. So the coast is very, very Catholic, extremely Catholic. Um, It was founded by the French, the Spanish, and there's also some Slavic, and there's a big Vietnamese population on the coast. It's also, um, it also served as like a bedroom community to New Orleans for the longest time. Um, So... One city on the coast called Ocean Springs is named Ocean Springs because it was a spa uh, for the rich ladies from New Orleans would go over to Ocean Springs for a week, get their treatments, get their who's it's and what's not's, and they would do that. Um, So very Catholic. Um, There's also casino gambling um, that's legal on the coast, and it's outside of the riverboats and the... um, Indian reservations. It's the only place in Mississippi you can gamble. They have the lotto now, but for the longest time, the casinos were it. Um, again, very Catholic, very body. They celebrate Mardi Gras on the coast. Um, and again, it's adjacent to New Orleans. So a lot of the New Orleans spillover. Um, most notably, um, oh, Mariska Hogartay's mama died down there. Jane Mansfield. Oh, Jane Mansfield. Thank you almost atlanta turner him. and i was like no that's a different blonde yeah. um, <laughs> and a different murder and a different murder um even though Jane Mansell did die in a car accident um yeah but she she passed away in that stretch between uh, the mississippi gulf coast and new orleans um a- again where i lived in new orleans uh, in on the coast was like an hour and a half from new orleans um where we spent a lot of time anyway <laughs> <laughs> so um Bay St. Louis is in Hancock County, which is the closest to New Orleans, and then Long Beach is kind of in the middle. Um, so that's a big stretch to be, um, and it used to also be the largest man-made beach in the world. I don't know if it still is, but for the long time it was the largest man-made beach in the world. Um, so they're finding human remains. Uh, the last time they had human remains washed up on the beach was Katrina, so this is not a good, this is a bad thing. A unique identifier on the corpse was there were three piercings on her torso. I can only think of three places that could be pierced on her torso, but I don't know that for certain. So just use your imagination. Um, It also appeared that there had been tattoos that had been cut off. Um, This led the boyfriend and friends of 22 year old Jaron Lockhart to fear the worst. Jaron was the mother of a toddler and a dancer at the Temptations Gentlemen's Club on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. And she had last been seen leaving the club with two known acquaintances, Terry Speaks and Margaret Sanchez. Now, originally, I was going to mention that you should never trust a man named Terry. However, <laughs> Lori's papa is a Terry. So. The best Terry. The best, the <laughs> only terry you should ever trust is laurie's father (laughs) all the other ones are creeps he's it he's the only one me to terry you and he's not you say are you laurie's dad if he says no you walk away nothing good's gonna happen so terry speaks and margaret sanchez that's who she's seen leaving with so Jaren wasn't having a great time in June of 2012. Her daughter was living with her ch- with the child's grandmother. I'm assuming Jaren's mother, but I'm not sure. Um, she was dealing with a drug addiction, uh, heroin, if I read Ugh. correctly, and living with a boyfriend in a $60 a night hotel off of Tulane Avenue. Now, the fun thing about Tulane Avenue is it's also home to some of the most expensive real estate in the city. One stretch of Tulane Avenue is in what they call the Garden District, um, which is where the Mannings live, uh, where Anne Rice used to live, where Trent Reznor had a house. So we're talking multi-million dollar estates. And then just down the road, you have trap hotels. Um, and that is the nature of New Orleans. Um, there is no bad neighborhood in New Orleans. There are blocks there are little patches in the middle of certain streets that you just, you know what, just cross the street, you know? That's just how New Orleans works is, you know, the the debauchery and the bad side of life and the high society wealth bleed into each other. Uh, Bourbon Street itself is a spectrum. You've got super hetero on one end, and then you've got just absolutely joyful queerness on the other end and in the middle you have a lot of daiquiri shops and also it smells like a foot um that's the one thing they don't tell you in the brochures
1: Is (laughs) smells like yes it smells like pee puke and broken dreams exactly exactly
2: every regret you've ever had it smells that's the smell that is the smell of bad decisions um there was a viral video not long ago with some skinny white boy uh playing in a puddle on Bourbon Street and friends and neighbors you do not touch random water in New Orleans you just don't and I'm like I rest in peace to that kid because is god he going no. to get sepsis? <laughs> like, I like probably <laughs> I'm like god only knows sepsis know. kiddo look even the nicest restaurants in New Orleans, a rat will run by. Okay. (laughs) It's just, it, it's dirty and I love it. (laughs) Um, But yes, that is everyone. If you haven't been to Berman street, go, it's fun. The daiquiri shops are fun. The shop girls are pushy and you will pay for drinks that you had no intentions on paying for, but it's fine. That's the hustle. It stinks so bad. So just, just know that by all accounts though jaron was a happy-go-lucky girl who brought joy to the people she met she danced in a couple of different clubs on berber street under the name riot which i fucking love oh, she
1: was right, like spelled riot.
2: like r-i-o-t oh that's a great name get it girl isn't it oh i, <laughs> I saw that name, name like cat I was,
0: that or something
2: i know i was like i want to be best friends if you were yes not deceased um she often wore bright candy-colored hair and always had a thousand-watt smile. When you look at pictures of her, and I'm going to have some, her smile is just radiant. Whatever she, she was having a hard life, and um, some of the newest stories they interview her childhood friends, she had a hard childhood. She was having a rough go, but she had a smile that was just gorgeous, so props to her. She knew Speaks and Sanchez from the gentleman's club she worked at. So she worked at um, a couple of different ones, which is not uncommon uh, in that industry. Um, Sanchez, the other lady, danced under a variety of names, including Nola Starr, which is very interesting. And Speaks worked as a doorman and a street barker for the club stiletto. Now, you might be asking why a strip club would have a... Street Barker? Well, Bourbon Street was built before there were cars by several hundred years. Uh, most of New Orleans predates the rest of the United States by a good couple hundred years. It's been around a while. Um, so the strip clubs are all these kind of old buildings. So they have all the windows because before air conditioning, if you didn't have windows, you were going to suffocate and die. Um, so, but to get around, decency laws which i'm using air quotes because decency laws in new orleans is the most hilarious thing i've ever heard of they paper the windows with images that aren't much cleaner than what's going on inside but Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is so the windows are all papered up and a man who always looks creepy stands outside with a poster and tries to get the men to come on in um most of the quarter everything's open nobody shuts their doors especially during the summer because it's hot and muggy and gross and you just walk in and out of the bars in and out of the shops um it's real foot traffic and actually there's a lot of times especially during events they just shut uh car traffic to bourbon street down and you just you you're walking through the whole thing um so these street barkers will stand out of the strip clubs. They stand out of some of the bars and the restaurants too. Um, but the restaurants, they stand out there with a menu and try to get you to come in and try the drink special or whatever. Um, the strip clubs, they get you to come in and look at the boobies. So, hey, you know, whatever. So it's suspected that on the night of June the 5th, 2012 that speaks and sanchez were offering jaren the chance for some extra money by performing at a private party now how this generally works is a client or a group usually a group sometimes like a bachelor party or maybe a birthday party or something but a group of dudes will pull their money and they'll pay for a private show from either a dancer or a group of dancers and then the male usually a man who will serve as the driver and is also serves as security so um is kind of a, a, you know, security detail for the girls. Um, so they'll go do the show, do the whatever. This is not my, eh, grown folks is grown folks. It's none of my business. Um, again, her sex work. If you're consenting, go for it. Um, so he's mostly there, again, a service driver, service security. I haven't read anything that says he was like a pimp per se. I don't think that was the relationship. But I do think it was like a driver's security guard kind of thing. So what exactly happened that night isn't totally clear. At some point, they reached Kenner, Louisiana, which is a suburb of New Orleans and also where the airport is. So if you've ever flown into Louis Armstrong Airport, you're in Kenner. Um, And again, it's a suburb. It just rolls right into New Orleans. Her phone was shut off. Uh, when they got into Kenner. That was the last place her phone was pinged at. On June 7th is when her remains were found by maintenance workers on the beaches. So June 5th and into the early morning hours of June 6th was the last time she was seen. So about 2 a.m. on June 6th. And then on June 7th, that morning, they find her remains. Forensic evidence, okay, this is where it's going to get a little, so just just know forensic evidence suggests one person held her arms above her head while another stabbed her in the chest with a four and a half inch blade oh
1: my god
2: yeah um she was dismembered post-mortem they found torso both legs both arms um and then um i believe they also found her head um Forensic, yeah, she was dismembered post mor- mortem and a traffic cam picked up a vehicle registered to Speaks and Sanchez, crossing into Mississippi and then coming back 90 minutes later. So that happened around um 9 a.m. ish um on the morning of the sixth. So they're last scene, 2 a.m. on the sixth. They've something happens. And then at 9 a.m., they drive into Mississippi and drive back out. So, and again, it's super, you just, you know, ride over the state line. And then they found her remains on June the 7th. Margaret Sanchez, who was 28 at the time of the murder, um, received 40 years in prison for manslaughter. Again, neither of these people rolled on each other. Um, I want to say that going into it is neither one ever said what happened and would not testify against the other. Um, Margaret Sanchez, who was 28, pled guilty after Jaren's family agreed uh, to let the prosecution take a plea um, when it came to Margaret. I don't know if it's because they thought she didn't have as much to do with it. I don't know if it's because they thought she might testify against Speaks. They just agreed to um she'll be she'll have 40 years in prison um sanchez was by some accounts with her co-workers a little weird um from the description of her she seems kind of like maybe a hippie witch uh she wore kind of blousey long skirts um and so at some point the prosecution being southern as they are tried to say that there is a venus transit going on and so they were going to do a human sacrifice to prove their love there's no proof of any of that um astrology never killed anyone though not for lack mm-hmm. of trying on scorpio's parts i'm pisces i get to talk <laughs> shit about scorpios come at me and then most of the time i say don't at me but if you're a scorpio at me i dare you <laughs> you're okay. asking for it <laughs> <laughs> terry speaks who is 39 at the time of the crime now here's the red flag i want i th- want to throw on this particular play and this is a, a, a little bit of a soapbox she was 28 and he was 39 ladies and gentlemen that is what i would call a problem now I won't say that all age differences are bad, especially depending on where you are in life. My mom is 10 years older than my dad. It's not that big a deal, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. 28 and 39 is two different lifestyles. You are in two different life phases. And not to mention that she was kind, he was like her driver for the sex work. And I just, I, I saw that and I was like, Mm, uh-uh. no me gusta
1: so well, he could have very well just been like her pimp the way it's right the way you've described exactly. it and with her being younger and just it, it makes a lot of sense that that would have probably been a controlling right. and then again with the whole not flipping on him i mean right. there has exactly. to be some pretty strong loyal bond for her there that could only come from him manipulating her. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like I said, there was never any evidence presented that he was her pimp, but there's definitely a power differential in that relationship that just wasn't kosher. Um, So a little bit about Terry speaks, this piece of shit. Terry speaks who again was 39 on the, at the time of the crime was convicted of second degree murder and was given a life sentence. When he went on trial in 2015, he was doing an eight-year sentence in North Carolina for a sex crime. all of his appeals have been denied. Fuck you, rotten jail. And I believe he's (laughs) in Angola, so have fun in there, motherfucker. So um, if you're unfamiliar with Angola, Angola prison is in Louisiana, and it's sort of like Parchment in Mississippi. You just don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. There are better places to be, and that's not the one. Um, So a huge talking point around the time of the crime and the trial was how Jaron wasn't just a stripper. To which I say, so fucking what? So what if all she did was be a stripper? Uh, Or a dancer, as I I prefer to call her. They don't call it the world's oldest profession for nothing. Um, The devaluing and stigmatizing of sex work means that when a beautiful young girl who is struggling... To just make it make ends meet and she dies under horrifyingly gruesome circumstances the fact that she got paid to have her tits out is apparently a problem um to which i say go fuck yourself um if you want to have your tits out and get paid for it by god girl or boy or non-binary fucking do it um, as long as everyone's consenting and you're wanting to be there, I think sex work should be legalized and unionized. And that is my, if I ever run for president, it's going to be on a pro sex work platform. So just know that. Jaren was performing a job that is perfectly legal in the area of New Orleans she worked in. She wasn't stripping at Chuck E. Cheese, she was at Bourbon Street, where that mm-hmm. sort of behavior is allowed. I see Sheena loves the stripping of Chuck E. Cheese line.
0: <laughs> I was like, did she mute I herself? Immediately, I immediately <laughs> went to that animatronic rat and and then a stripper right beside it. <laughs> it just slayed me. I'm like, oh my God. So
2: oh my God. Okay. If you're out there and you love us, please Photoshop that. <laughs>
0: Okay, anyway, back to your story.
2: (laughs) She was performing a job just like the wait staff and the bartenders and the shot girls who also work on Bourbon Street are performing a job. Um, I think one of our Halloweens we spent in New Orleans, I think we got rolled for a good 20 or 30 bucks in shots that we did not want. We totally did. A very nice lady in a very nice costume came up and shoved a shot down our throat and was like, that'll be 20 bucks. And I was like, oh okay (laughs) so this is what we're doing (laughs) but hey you know what that's bourbon street baby um so she was working just as legitimate of a job as everyone else on bourbon street is and i'd wager it takes a good amount of skill and athleticism uh i get sweaty after doing some uh freaking squats at the gym so good on her um and nobody's expecting me to look cute i'm allowed to look all red faced and tit sweat (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so but as recently as 2018 the city of new orleans has tried to crack down on vice on bourbon street let that sink in let that let that sink in as if the entire city and its tourism dollars aren't built on the stilettos of the women working in these clubs um the women they crack down as they always do under the guise of well there's prostitution going on or there is human trafficking, or some of these girls are underage. And again, I say, if you legalize, unionize, and then, you know, have some sort of regulations regarding, you don't have these problems. But when you exactly. shove it in a dark corner and just pretend it's not happening, yeah, these things happen. And most of the time, when they go in and try to say, "Oh, well, there's there's prostitution going on here," it's just an excuse to bust the club and to intimidate the girls mm-hmm. and the bar owners. Yeah, that's Sheena, you
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, I think you have to put the power in women's hands or whoever Absolutely. is is in doing the work. Whoever's yeah. doing the sex work, it, whether it's someone who's non-binary, male, female, I think you have to put the power in their hands, and then that's how we clean up the problematic parts absolutely. of it. absolutely, Yeah. But another point I want to make is it takes two to tango. Someone absolutely. wants this yeah. and they're going to seek it out whether it's legal or absolutely. not. So you can't just punish the women.
2: Right. Absolutely. And I mean, you know what? It's one of those, you don't sell without a buyer. You I know, sure. it's just, it's it, you know, and like I said, as far as, You know, if there's prostitution going on in these clubs, I mean, I've, somebody's getting a hand job in the bathroom again. I don't see how that's my business. Um, You know, the, the point I made on my, my Facebook rant as the Xanax was kicking in right after my workout on Monday, (laughs) that's when I have my best ideas um, is, you know, how is, if I say I won't have sex with you until we get married. How is that any different than saying I'll have sex with you for five bucks? Um, people who are married might say, hey, that's completely different. But there's a tangible financial benefit to marriage. So, again, you're trading a tangible financial benefit for sexual activity. Um, another point I made was, like, you know, if I s- get on Facebook, say, and say I'll blow the first guy who brings me a cheesecake, which <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> Is that soliciting prostitution? Is that offering right. prostitution? You know, again, th- these laws are stupid. They're stupid and they're subjective and they're built to punish women. I, and then you had places like New York and LA who were arresting women if they had like more than three condoms under suspicion of prostitution. So what did they do? They stopped carrying condoms, which is the last thing you want your sex workers to do. And it just put them in. Did it keep them from doing sex work? Absolutely no. not. It just made it less safe. So exactly. the vast majority of these laws are not designed to clean up the streets or whatever yeah. the hell that means. They're there to punish women who are having sex outside of what we consider appropriate. Um, and that's bullshit. So in closing, do your part in 2021. Punch a Nazi and support your local dancers, drag queens, and sex workers. Amen. Thank you. Slap it on a (laughs) t-shirt. Thank you for coming (laughs) to my TED Talk. (laughs) Um,
0: So, quick question. They basically murdered her probably in New Orleans. Yes. Drove her across state lines to Mississippi and dumped her body in the ocean?
2: Yes. They most likely dismembered her in the apartment that they were renting and mm-hmm. then dumps the pieces into the Gulf,
0: and then they came back over to New Orleans. Yeah, is that does that mean it's a federal crime? I don't know. It's it's weird because, because it's crossing state line. Well, right. Yeah, it's, it's crossing state lines, but you didn't cross state lines to kill somebody, but yet you're crossing state lines. To right. Be- and disposing of um, a body is
2: a crime in and of itself. Right. Right. I was going to say um, that's like corpse abuse. So, right. So, initially, the um, Hancock County Sheriff's Department, um, which is the sheriff's department that has jurisdiction over Bay St. Louis, took jurisdiction of the crime because that's where the body washed up. Once they realized who it was and where the crime likely took place, New Orleans took it over. So it might have been just Mississippi didn't really see the point in trying to try him in Mississippi for something when the far greater charges were in Louisiana. Um, and so, um, that was, I don't know if he was ever charged with anything in Mississippi. My guess is probably not. Um, And the way the ocean kind of works, even though we know that they crossed into Mississippi, he could have still, I say he, it was probably both of them. They could have still dumped her in Louisiana and she'd have washed up in Mississippi just based on the Gulf Stream and how the tides work uh, in the Gulf. Um, They could have dropped her off of that, the big bridge that, you Mm -hmm. know, goes over Pearl River. So they don't know. Um, Is she buried in New Orleans? I believe so yeah she was Good. she grew up in something called um Tan- I'm gonna mispronounce it and everyone from Louisiana is gonna murder me I'm sorry y'all can't pronounce y'all shit um Tangipa <laughs> Parish is where she grew up um okay. so she's actually buried in that area
1: this week I'm going to be sharing the mysterious story of the lady in red cue the music yes yes
2: because I love that song <laughs> only if an s- alien is making you slow dance
1: Supernatural i <laughs> <reference. laughs> forgot about that yes so the story begins in 1969 at the bank of <laughs> the yazoo river on the egypt plantation a 2000 acre agricultural farm located in the heart of the mississippi delta god you don't get much more delta than yazoo city yes workers were digging a septic line when they suddenly heard a loud crack the sound of glass breaking when they looked to see what they had hit they were shocked to find the remains of a young woman with long dark hair encased in a glass and iron coffin her body was perfectly preserved with alcohol and sealed in an airtight coffin oh She wore a red velvet dress, white gloves, and buckled boots, which indicated she had most likely died sometime in the mid-1800s. The Thomas family, who had purchased the plantation in 1919, had the land titles going all the way back to 1835, so they were able to verify that the remains did not belong to any of the past families who owned the property. In fact, that area of the farm where her body was found was not inhabited at her estimated time of death. Mm. So there was this waiting period of about five months when a court order came from the state capital of Jackson uh, and ordered that the remains of the woman who had been nicknamed the Lady in Red were to be reinterred at the nearby Lexington Oddfellow Cemetery. She was buried there in early fall 1969 with a simple grave marker that says, Lady in Red, found on Egypt Plantation. Her date of birth was estimated to be 1835, and the year she was found was given as the year of her death. For a while, her grave was a tourist destination, but as the years went on, interest in her story waned. Um, There are several theories as to what might have happened to her and her cause of death but each of the new theories just introduces more questions than answers in my mind uh one of the theories is that she was a passenger on the boat on a boat on the yazoo river who died while traveling and another was that her coffin fell off a wagon on the way to its burial site Others speculated that she must have died from a contagious illness and was buried in the airtight sealed coffin to prevent the spread of disease. However, in my mind, there are several valid arguments against these theories, beginning with her coffin, which was identified as a Fisk iron casket. So now I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the Fisk casket. The design was developed by Almond Fisk in 1848. The purpose of the casket was to help with the public health crisis by providing airtight preservation. His design served three main purposes: to preserve the remains in the instances of delayed burial or extended trips to the or extended trips to the deceased's final resting place, or to help contain fluids that could carry any number of contagious diseases from cholera to yellow fever to smallpox. The caskets were intricately designed. They were cast in a manner to appear as a shrouded body and had detailed Victorian designs of mourning, such as angels, flowers, and berries. Um, Another feature of the casket was a viewing window located where the mourners could peer inside to view the face of the deceased. Um, These caskets, uh, while he meant well in the design, they were not popular. They, uh, many people viewed uh, it a little bit too unsettling to be able to peer through a glass window to see the face of their loved one. Um, and added on that is the fact they were extremely heavy. They weighed about 300 pounds and cost prohibited. At the time, a simple wooden coffin ran between $3 and $4, which is right around $100 today. Uh, fist caskets ran anywhere from 45 to a hundred dollars which comes to more than thirty two hundred dollars today and in my mind wouldn't it be nice if a casket only cost a hundred dollars in today's money or okay. even thirty two hundred dollars in today's yeah. money Yep. um I'm so looking at pictures of these these are beautiful they're They're gorgeous absolutely so with that information in mind i seriously doubt that the lady in red died on a riverboat or fell off a wagon these caskets were expensive so not just anyone would be buried in it and if a 300 pound casket fell off a wagon you would notice oh yeah even if they were just in a coffin and they fall
2: off the wagon you just go leave them there yeah like you dropped a french fry that's a body
1: go back and get it So, okay, let's say she did fall off. When she was discovered, she had been buried three feet down. So, how would she have buried herself if she just fell off the back of a wagon? Um, And then, when you take into account when they found her body, she was so well preserved, there were no signs of disease that might have caused her deaths. And while the fist caskets were good at preserving bodies, they didn't erase signs of disease. um so would her being
2: preserved in alcohol do any of that
1: yes so she was preserved in alcohol and sealed and that is what kept her from decaying i mean they said it was it was almost as if she had been dead for a week um but as soon as that glass broke her body broke the seal yeah, yeah they broke that seal and um i read an article where her body started to decay immediately there are no pictures. I chalk that up to it being oh. 1969 in Mississippi. Um, but yeah, there are no pictures of what she looked like, she, just how she's described as a, a pretty young woman with dark auburn hair and the red velvet dress. It, it sounds beautiful. And I would love mm-hmm. to see a picture, but there's just none out there. Um, so an example of the use of a fist casket in october 2011 construction workers in queens new york uncovered the body of a woman that was so perfectly preserved they thought she might have been the victim of a recent homicide the woman who was found in a fist casket had in fact been dead for more than 150 years wow she was a young African American woman dressed in a long white nightgown and thick socks with a knit cap on her head that was held in place by a delicate comb, which is how they were able to deduce how long she had been dead.
0: Right,
1: Right. Her body exhibited signs of smallpox infection, and after reviewing census records from 1850, archaeologists were able to say the remains most likely belonged to Martha Peterson, a 26-year-old smallpox victim who was the daughter of John and Jane Peterson, who were well-known figures in the African-American community in New York at the time. Okay. So they could have afforded a Fisk casket. Well, yes. And so at the time of her death, she was recorded as living with William Raymond, who happened to be the brother in law and business partner of Almond Fisk. Oh, so it kind of oh, everything wow. ties together. They wanted they to the honor some
2: family discount. Yeah.
1: They wanted to honor her. So they buried her in this beautiful casket. And it just happened to be found hundred and fifty years later. Um yeah, her m- remains were later given a proper burial by the St. Mark African Methodist Episcopal Church in Jackson Heights. Um, so, and she was known as the woman in the iron coffin. So while she was given her name and a proper burial, why is the lady in red still ide- unidentified? She's still there at the Lexington Odd Fellows Cemetery, and people in the small town of Kruger, Mississippi, which is home to the Egypt Plantation, still remember the day her remains were discovered. Uh, Chris Hammett, who lives in Lexington and is on the board of the Lexington Odd Fellows Endowment that manages the cemetery where the lady in red is buried, visits the grave often to pray over her and leave flowers. So I'm gonna end this with a quote from Hammett that was featured in an article by Brian Broom in the Clarion Ledger back in February, 2019. Quote, something has been pulling me to her. She was someone's child, sister, someone's pain and grief. She has no one to speak for her. She has no one to pray over her. She has no one to put flowers on on her grave. I don't want her to ever be forgotten again.
2: Hmm. I love that. I really do. Um, Is it possible? Like, is there enough of her remains
1: that they could do a genealogy search with her DNA? I would think so. Um, Obviously, she was reburied in 1969 and that's where she stayed. I would think that, yes, there is, but it's just the expense to exhume the body and get the DNA is, you know, and, and there's really no one speaking for, for her. her yeah there's right. there's no one to to see if this is possible and kind of in that regard when i was looking into the fist caskets i don't think i mentioned this but they were not manufactured long i think uh he patented him uh he patented yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean in in 1848 yep. and they ceased manufacturing in about 1860 so okay.
2: not long at all
1: right so there has to be a record of at least how many were made i couldn't find it but i mean people keep records of all kinds of things so you would right. think that somewhere there's a record of sales or even the number because there's and then right. there's not that many they have one at the pink palace which uh yeah. I've included a picture um for those of you not from memphis the pink palace is a museum but there's there's really yeah and it
2: it looks like they must have been custom made to a certain extent so you would think that you know business records of somebody sending one to mrs i mean and it's mm -hmm. entirely possible that they were sending her body down the river from somewhere else
1: and what go ahead ahead, oh i was like (laughs) but so so let's say and and one thought is that she was being transported to her final resting place maybe she wasn't from where she died and she, mm-hmm. they wanted to bury her somewhere else what happened that made right. them i mean it seems like it was a quick burial stop for them and to, bury
2: her there yeah,
1: yeah three feet down isn't far that's not far. Mm-hmm. so was there something go you know what was going on to make them stop and bury her As quickly as it seems like they must have done
2: on private land no less i mean just yeah i mean and for them to be an iron casket that's a lot of work to have pulled her off of a boat Mm -hmm. took her out to the middle of nowhere dug a grave put her in it and then went back to the boat i mean that's crazy
0: i mean here's
1: what i want to know they were making these caskets in new york Um, I'm not sure if it was New York, uh, because there were a couple of different companies that I saw, uh, when I was looking through that, but I think it was somewhere in the Northeast, if it wasn't New York. Right. If it was made out of iron, it
2: was, I mean, Birmingham's got a big iron industry. Well, used to, um, but typically at that period, it would have been somewhere in the Northeast.
0: That's what I was thinking. And I'm just thinking, okay, like today we when we want to manufacture something we make a ton of them and ship them everywhere
2: Mm -hmm. so
0: they're at everyone's local dollar store or whatever these i would think would be difficult to as you say manufacture because they are so heavy they may be custom made um or at least they might have had sizes you know like adults
1: yeah providence rhode Mm -hmm. island is where they were that makes sense so that makes sense I don't think you're going
0: to be sending a lot of these caskets just to here, there, and yonder to sell, especially not to Nowheresville, Mississippi, because I'm not even really, I kind of have a general idea of where Yazoo City is, honestly, I've lived here my whole life, I don't know, but you're either going to, if you're going to ship a a casket like that, I I would think it would either go to New Orleans or Memphis, Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
0: and so I would think, and the way you describe her, that red velvet, that's not yeah that wasn't cheap crappy clothing that's nice and buckle shoes yeah yeah, buckle shoes her hair being nice this is a woman of wealth i would think Mm -hmm. you would assume we lose her how do you lose a a wealthy white woman in mississippi in the 18 whatevers i know they did not
2: did you you probably said what was her what
1: did they estimate her age she was either in her 20s or 30s she was okay uh, she was young so this um, is someone's wife let's be real mm-hmm. yeah, yeah prob- i mean most wife. likely
2: and i wonder if they could do an autopsy to see maybe she had ever given birth because i know they can tell by right. your pelvic bones yeah
1: well it was interesting because uh pbs had a special on uh the lady in the iron casket um mm margaret that they found in new york and they did like i think it was a virtual autopsy so they didn't actually work on her remains but they could
2: scan her
1: yeah they scanned her and and like saw the smallpox marks um so you know if she had been found five years ago they could have done that with her and i don't know what shape her remains would be in today since yeah, she,
2: especially since the 60s
1: right they
0: rebury her in that casket did they like fix the glass and rebury her
1: i did not see if she yeah she i wonder where today.
2: that casket is now
1: because I, I would think
0: you would you would i would think that to me that would put be her the, back in her casket yeah put her back right. into it because why would you want to buy a new one when new ones are so much more expensive and all mm-hmm. that jazz. Like I would think they would just rebury her in that, but I don't know. And I yeah. d I don't know. I, I have a lot of questions and I can't Yeah. It's this as you a, say when you tell this is the a mystery. <laughs> it really is. When you told those three theories or whatever, as mm-hmm. you say they do, they a hundred percent give you more questions
1: i could see this but
0: no i don't see that
1: like you, you could also go conspiracy theory if you want to do that okay so maybe she had some crazy disease that they had never seen before and that's why she was buried in the middle of nowhere uh, god
2: you think they'd bury her further down than three feet? yes if she was yeah. so
1: contagious and they were so scared because you know like you said last week sheena yellow fever was just raging. Right. At and for her time. to be
2: as done up and who has been embalmed, they would have had to have handled her remains. Right. So they couldn't have been too scared, you know? I, and, you know, I think about, like, okay,
0: if she fell off of something and they buried her, was that Gwen? Gwen? yes <laughs> I heard I heard your cat um, Gwen is singing the song of her people <laughs> yes she is um but no um you know okay you said these weighed about maybe 300 pounds okay you add a grown woman who right. is what 120 yeah that's kind of an yeah. average weight I mean back
2: then I don't know that they got I'm sure well, they were they just did. smaller I mean they were so they were much smaller body composition wise so
1: and then you feel it with alcohol right 400
0: 450 almost 500 pounds that's you're going to feel that when it falls like just like you said and then you would why would you just have it in the middle of nowhere yeah i understand burying the three feet if you have been hauling this big container you're you're tired and you're like (laughs) okay three feet's fine three feet's fine okay but some of these other ones i just like uh, uh, i should have so many questions do
2: we know know if embalming with alcohol was that common like around the world or was that common in certain places
1: well so she wasn't embalmed she was just she was placed in the casket and then they poured this alcohol this preserving alcohol in the casket all the way to the top shut it and sealed it so she was like snow white dead preserved in this casket so she was um, um yeah (laughs) pretty much um
0: and this what year did they think she was born 1835 so that really embalming wasn't a thing that didn't become a thing until the civil war yeah because then you were really that's when you were really sending bodies here there and that's why they perfected it sort of sort of as much as they could with lincoln
1: but she would have had to have died after 1848 too because the caskets weren't to tell them right yeah. so and, and th- again they were only manufactured for about 10 or 15 years so right so that's a really small small wow. window there's got to be somebody missing Shape. a relative somewhere we're
2: starting like a go fund me we're getting her dna put in a database we're getting her dental records um because i was actually reading or watching on youtube um About the Isdal woman, and they looked at her, like, the isotopes in her fucking teeth. Right. And was like, she was from either Germany or America. And I'm like, well, that's, that's... (laughs) They're not next to each other, so how'd that work out? But, I mean, they can tell based on, like, the shit in your bones. Right? Where you've been, you know? Mm -hmm. So... It just let's makes let's identify the lady in red.
0: <laughs> apparently, someone
2: loved her. Like right. yes, they bought a she very was expensive casket. Very basket. well loved. She expensive was clothes. wearing a lovely
0: dress, and they preserved her with all of this
2: alcohol. Which I don't know how expensive alcohol was back in the day, but well, and that I wonder too. Like but how that common was care. that preservation method? You know what yeah. I'm saying?
0: And so someone loved her. So the the leading up to her burial she was loved and cared for her burial it's almost like she was just neglected it's like she left the care of the hands of whoever loved her her family her husband whoever and whoever was in charge of burying her just did not care Right. right or something
2: that's why i wonder if maybe she wasn't in new orleans and was originally from the northeast and they were trying to send her up the mississippi
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: something um and got derailed or you know they didn't find any other bodies around lori
1: no. this is the only- hmm. yeah well and, and the thing is when they found her okay she was it was 20 feet from the bank of the river and apparently just it was in the backyard of a house in a vegetable garden and they wow. were they were digging a septic line to this house and cracked the glass and that is the only Jesus, just uh, and to think that vegetables on growing on top of her and she had been there for so long and it just they happened Mm -hmm. to be digging for a septic line and hit it i mean she could still be there if it wasn't for that
2: oh yeah she probably would be wow yeah, so many that is going to be our mission in 2021: is to figure out who the lady in red is. Do we Absolutely. have any listeners
0: who, who know Cece and the Parabon team who do the um, <laughs> the test, the DNA testing? Because I love watching the like the DNA detectives and um, yeah, this well, the I'm- show that Cece had. You know, like I just why can't we get a tiny bit of her DNA and then go put it in the system
1: and see what cousins come up. Right. Or or do like like the digital autopsy to try to figure out what may have yeah. caused her death. I mean, um, they do that so, on
2: mummies now, and that's how they right? found out like to cut how to cleft foot, you know. That's or a essentially
1: cleft what she is or what she was yeah. was she, um so I don't know. I mean, maybe we can reach out to this uh this endowment that lady uh Chris Hammett works at because she seems to be pretty passionate about giving the lady and read her name back so yeah absolutely you know, I absolutely
2: find her find her on Facebook
1: out. and see you know maybe <laughs> we c- can get a GoFundMe
2: to, to right give her I a- would her absolutely name. I mean that's just there's just so many and like Sheena said you don't spit you know it's like what we talked about in episode one is that your funeral stuff is your family members last I love you somebody mm-hmm. gave her a last I love you Mm-hmm. And then she ended up in a vegetable patch in Buttfuck, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, no, this is not where she was supposed to end up. You know, it makes me wonder, too, did someone make a
0: marker for her that was never picked up? Yeah. Is there just, I a mean, is there a
2: burial plot that's not filled?
0: That I was, think. yeah, that was purchased, like someone purchased the land and then it, never was filled i have a lot of questions but and it's so hard to narrow that down because she could be anywhere anyone right yeah and i'm Damn sure you, I lori <laughs> i can guarantee you there are a ton of unused plots oh yeah family members you know family would buy you know we're gonna have these 10 plots and then only five people decide to get buried there and then yeah. The markers, I think, would be more interesting. But how many marker companies are still around from back then?
2: Right. And a lot of times, like, now this is more modern, but like, um, again, from episode one, the stillborn cousin who passed when I was a kid, it took them a month or two to get her marker. Um, just because they didn't have the money, you know, they were. Oh, poor. yeah. Markers are expensive. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this might have been okay when she gets up here and we do her service or whatever, we'll go get her marker. Um, My biological father passed away when I was 25. And um, he didn't have a marker for the first six months. Now it has him and his wife on it. Mm -hmm. Another podcast for me. Another
1: Another episode. Kidding.
0: Another episode. Never. I would never. That that goes against everything I even. Though when not believe in desecrating graves with. Right. Though when my
2: mom. when my mom went out to the cemetery to take a picture of his gravestone for me, she covered her name with the flowers before she took the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you, mom. If, in case you're wondering where I get my petty from,
0: <laughs> I come by it honest. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good one. That's a good mystery.
2: That is yes. amazing. I'm going to like, we've got to figure this yeah. out. We have to figure this yep. out. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm going to think about this for like the rest of the month.
1: Yeah. We're going to do it
2: y'all exactly we're gonna we're going to find the red lady the lady in red's name
0: uh, come on listeners it's the last Joanna. thing i yes. do <laughs> yes. we we legit i want to i i, I want to give her name back that's one thing that i really hate and that's part of the reason why i started cleaning stones was because if you go out to some cemeteries i mean the stones are unreadable because there's so much gunk on there mm-hmm. and right,
2: that could be well, the and last that's, thing that says i lived right well and that's how i feel about um this is a pretty infamous case the boy in the box Uh like who is this baby right who is this he belonged to somebody he was somebody's he might have been living as a little girl they speculated um whose baby is that you know And, and you have these cases where you're like you belonged to somebody who did you belong to who were you yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yep, let's find her name. We're yep. going to do it. This is our mission. I've yes. nothing else to do in 2021. <laughs> we're going to solve a cold case.
0: I'm <laughs> here for it. All right. Well, I guess, uh, I guess we're done. So thank you for joining us. I think we went longer than usual. So we had a lot
2: to talk. Sorry, about.
0: sorry, yes. but not sorry. These are really yes. good stories. You yes. know what? Um, if you,
2: Like I told my coworkers that I bullied into to listen to this. If you can't stand my voice, just skip past. It's yeah. <laughs> just don't even worry about it. Um, our next episode is animals.
1: Yes. That's going to be a lot of fun. War hero animals specifically. Yes. yes.
2: Yeah. So I'm we are animal lovers. We are animal owners. Um, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up.
0: So you I guys like are going to love it. I like to think that my cat owns me yeah no
2: I. <laughs> I have my cat who you heard uh singing the song of her people and you might have heard snoring from my 11 year old dachshund um <laughs> softly in the background she is my other owner she's so. she's not a dachshund she's a potato she is yeah. the potato she's round and spuddy and I love her <laughs> she also stinks Yes. And she also, guys, this is so gross and I'm sorry, but I was on the phone. I was on a video call with a client and Tabby farted so loud. I <laughs> know. I was just like, did she wake herself up. She was she asleep? asleep on the couch. My desk is two feet away from the couch and she just rips it right as I'm talking to a client. No, she doesn't wake up. Cause Tabby wakes up for nothing. Unless I move <laughs> slightly an inch and then yeah. she wakes up pissed off. Ripped it just as loud as can be. And the the lady just cackled. And I'm just like, yep, my dog's disgusting. And it was my dog. It was not me. <laughs> All
1: but right, yes. y'all. So give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cemetery Row Pod. Or if you have any story ideas or want to give us some kudos and make us feel good about the work we're doing, you can send us an email at cemetery pod at gmail.com.
2: Um, we're on all the platforms. Uh, we're, yes. or at least on as many as we can be. Um, to be shameless if you could rate us
1: and review us that would be great only if you're going to give us a five-star review (laughs) (laughs) Yes, keep it to yourself if it's one star (laughs) don't yes you can't say anything nice don't don't say nothing at all absolutely
2: <laughs> um and if you can remember the william faulkner story that sheena was talking about i tried to google it while she was talking and all it kept telling me was as i lay dying and i was like i know it's not as i lay dying it's
0: not so. i can't remember now what it is. i'm gonna have to go look through just the names of all of his books and so, light, in yeah. light in august A light in august. There you okay. go.
2: there we go wow yes. the-
0: <laughs> pulling it out at the 11th hour good for me you want to talk about hour?
2: william faulkner short stories come hang out with uh, us i will only discuss <laughs> the emily rose one rose for emily that was for emily speaking, thank you speaking of dead bodies Ooh. yeah exactly
0: yeah that's why i like that story um okay thanks for listening y'all
2: thanks you go guys to to bye go, bye go punch nazis support your local and help us murder. find the identity yes. of the woman in red yes, yes. those are your t- missions this week I'm sure my neighbors are like, stop yelling, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You can cut that out. No, I'm not. (laughs) Bye, y'all.